faces one of its biggest crises it has ever faced. A pandemic none of us alive today has ever seen before. And experts all around the world are asking one question. How many more months can we last before we run out of Netflix? Welcome to a new episode of Moose Mike. I'm your host, Arthur, and I'm joined today by my co-hosts, Rodrigo and Stafford, and two very special guests, industry professionals, Arun Fryer and Anna Carizelas. And we are here today to discuss how the film industry that we all depend so much these days to survive our days of quarantine has been and will be affected by the COVID-19 crisis. I want to start with asking everyone, how's your weeks going? It's, it's been a tough time, so how's everyone doing? Uh, I mean, great, I guess. I've been outside once in the last three days. <laughs> uh, woke up to a daughter full of a wet diaper and soaked her bed. That was exciting. Good way to start. Um, yeah, I don't know. What do you say in times like this? Uh, and we're, right now we're actually in the middle of a, a crowdfunding campaign for uh, a short film that uh, my, my wife Anna wrote and directed and stars in. And we unfortunately launched just as the coronavirus was taking off and after spending months of prep and getting ready for it here we are yeah how yeah. the campaign that's something we were wondering about we, we we knew about the campaign and we were wondering how how is that how did the covid 19 crisis affect the whole process <laughs> i i bet it's a super simple question <laughs> nothing right it's not at all I mean, I, we've run campaigns before, yeah. and all campaigns have challenges, right? Uh, but this particular one had a moral, almost spiritual challenge. Like, we've asked ourselves, um, what is the place for a short film for art in the midst of a pandemic, right? Yeah. So it was a very hard, it, it, it forced us to ask ourselves lots of questions in terms of, What's the place of art? What's the place of artists who need to make a salary, um, who are committed to work with us, but who lost their jobs? So it was more than a campaign. It, it went beyond the, uh, mm -hmm. the idea of a campaign. It was much more complex. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it almost went beyond the film to the, I mean, the people making the film. And now having the chance to support those people, that's a lot. I mean, a lot of our friends are working on this, and they've all lost jobs, they've lost their gigs, and now here we have a chance to give back to them, and that's been really almost um, refreshing in a way because um, we have this opportunity that we didn't really consider as much before. And we are always teaching our students in Vancouver from school that um, one sh should be adaptable and flexible and in <laughs> with the with the times. And as teachers, we, we expect to walk our talk. So when the yeah. pandemic hit, I had materials that I had been working for months and I had to scratch them all on the second day of the campaign mm. and not yet and find enthusiasm and challenge and call my team and say, we can do this. <laughs> we just have to stop everything. Mm -hmm. and, we, and we need to redo everything. And the only way we're gonna do that is by listening mm -hmm. to what's going on and what people need to hear and crave to hear. So 
for us, it was a great opportunity to, to walk our talk and to bring that expertise back to the class. Mm-hmm. So, so, you know, see what happens overall. I mean, we're over halfway through our goal, which has been great. Um, we've got a couple more weeks left. We'll see how it finishes. Um, thank you for this opportunity to come on chat with you guys about it. Well, so for thank sure. Thank you guys for coming. Yeah, no. Um, uh, actually, I want to ask you more questions about that, but first... Uh, just to give a, to people listening some context, both of you guys are producers and directors and actually actors as well here in Vancouver for what almost a decade now, right? More than a decade, actually. Is that right? About the, yeah, about, about a decade about now. About a yeah, decade, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah wow. I, know, I, still like, old. <laughs> I still feel like I'm emerging, like I'm a newcomer. Yeah. Like, we feel like 21. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you, you guys have worked on like big, again, Arun, last time we spoke, you were talking about the shipment and how big of a project that was. And now you guys are working on a pregnant woman. Do you guys want to talk about what the movie's about for a bit before we get on to the actual campaign for it that you were working on? Um, Yeah, so A Pregnant Woman is a story of this um, undocumented, heavily pregnant Latina. She's eight and a half months um, um, old. Um, And she um, goes into the middle of the desert to burn her past and rewrite a new beginning for her unborn child. That's basically the... Yeah, no, it it was a lot of fun. We both wrote the script together. We got some funding to the Harold Greenberg Fund. Uh, we were one of four BC short selected last year, and we actually considered pushing the shoot until this April. We talked about it last year. Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and, I said, and I said, no, I don't know if I can swear, but I said, fuck no. You go for it, go yeah, for it. Yeah. <laughs> it's not going to happen, dude. What are you talking about? We got the money, let's run with it. So. <laughs> Yeah, we, thank God you said that. I'm, I'm superstitious that way because when do you get money to make things? No, you get yeah. money, you do it, you make it, yeah. you don't wait. Yeah. I mean, so, it, um, it's a good, you know what? If there was any attempt to be superstitious, uh, yeah, there was, it was this time. Oh, yeah, totally. So we shot um, three hours and a half from Vancouver in a, in a very interesting area. It's actually one of the few, if not the only, desert. In um, in all Canada, I would say in British Columbia, mm-hmm. um, it's it, we we have shot in um, in a desert, in a plateau. We shot on one of the oldest inns in Canada. It was open in late eighteen hundreds, right? Eighteen hundreds, yeah. So it, we had um, we shipped um, a fifties um, sheriff car from Vancouver all the way to Spencer's Ridge, our location. So it was a crazy. Crazy short to make it. It I uh, I got inspired in the uh, in kind of a of um I would say if if the Coen brothers were to have sex with Wes Anderson, <laughs> produce. Um, and also we threw some fifties um, inspired aesthetic style. So mm-hmm. it's it's a funky little piece that actually turned out to be pretty pretty awesome. We're very happy with it. And as I always want to say. Um, there is almost no Latina representation in North America at all. Um, and, and this is one film that has a Latina, a Latina character in the center of the action uh, driving the plot. So um, for me, that's that's a freaking accomplishment. <laughs> to no, get I, that. For sure. <laughs> Rodrigo can back me up on this probably, but as a Latino man myself, the only time I see either Latino women or guys as characters, it's normally a, a typecast kind of situation where yeah. they're, they're the Latino character. They're yeah. not really a character yeah. caricature. It's like a stereotype. Oh, 
sorry, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, pretty much like a stereotype. Uh, but also I wanted to go a little bit in depth uh, in that specifically because I know you directed the film and also you start on the film. But having like this producing background and like going through all this experience um, and also having like that of like being a Latina woman in front of the screen, like how, how was it? Like what was your mindset like in this whole process, like trying to make justice to the story, but also like make justice to a whole community kind of thing. And just thinking about the budget and all that kind of stuff, you know? Um, I think that for me, my mindset, it was really, really simple. Let's get it done and let's get it done right. <laughs> and let's do it. It's a Latina mindset. Um, very little resources, lots of creativity. That's how Latinos, that's how we roll. We are not used to a lot of abundance, but we're used to have a fucking good time. Mm -hmm. when we <laughs> yes. And we expect a piece of bread, <laughs> right, for 1,500 people. <laughs> and we, we, we do share a lot and we stretch things and we make it happen. So my mind, I, I've produced other things. I've worked in other productions. But for this particular one, this one was made in Latina style, <laughs> which I really enjoyed. And people really, really got a kick out of it. Yeah, we had a tiny crew, but... A fantastic crew. I mean, everybody was top of their game. People we've worked with before. We were a little picky about who we wanted in all of our key positions, and everybody that came was just as passionate. Our whole crew were directors on their own right. So my key grip was a director. Yeah. My first AD was a director. They were all producers, directors. So we moved fast. Um, we got we got amazing footage. Like we only had two takes for each shot. That was it. Yeah, we kind of shot it almost traditional film style. Yeah, you Do just rehearse. You get it right, and then you move on. Well, yeah. and rehearsal. Come on, <laughs> like rehearsal. I have <laughs> one time to go through rehearsal, and then everyone would say, "Okay, okay, moving on, moving on." And I'm like, "What?" <laughs> so we had no time. literally two shots, like two takes per shot. That was it, and then it was time to move on. And um, yeah, and we were in the inn. We we were three days, and we slept at the inn. So the whole crew was sleeping there. So we're having breakfast, lunch, yeah. dinner together, yeah. and then wake up with our faces full of sweat and whatnot. And and we we kept it rolling that way. It was it was pretty exciting. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, and we needed we needed the army for that. We needed our good our good friends who are extremely yeah. talented to make it happen. Yeah, it sounds like a whole adventure. Uh, and and I think I like mean, I mean, it, it, every film, yeah, every film. Yeah, but I think like yeah. like you guys in particular like have have made like a community over here. Like as Arthur uh, mentioned, like it has been kind of like over a decade that you guys have been doing this. And uh, as a contributor from. Uh, a pregnant woman right now like the campaign that you're making to finish post-production if i'm right um i'm seeing like you also like not just to your crew but also like to the supporters like you give back with having like small things that like mean a lot to people like having like the uh, road trip photoshop with a like a celebrity or with somebody that you like and i think it goes back to what you were saying before like just adapting to that kind of like mindset and kind of like the situation that we're going through. So how, how this idea sparked yeah. uh, to recreate the whole campaign, you know? Um, it's very simple. Simple questions only. Uh, it, 
I, as, as, as leading this campaign and having this campaign literally over my, my back in terms of, of, of spearheading the process, for me, it, it was a little bit of, okay, we're scratching this, we're in the middle of a pandemic, what do people need? People need to travel, people need to get their mind somewhere, people need shelter in their imagination. Okay, what's the, the theme of our film? Road trips. We're going to a hotel, middle of nowhere. Let's send people on road trips <laughs> with people <laughs> they love. But, so they know, can get a break. But also keep in mind the original uh, yeah. picture was also people inside her belly. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was fantastic. And, but, <laughs> but we have to change the whole thing, yeah. right? So we had to think. I had to talk to my team and say, okay, what would what do people like? What are they posting? What are they talking about? Why they want to hear? Why they don't want to hear? The other part of it was we have to address the elephant in the room. So we create a whole lot of material about quarantining and chilling, right? So we just had to throw months and months of work out of the window and start creating things on the fly. But it's what we tell our students, like this, the, 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 the reason why we, we we're willing to pivot, it's because we've been working in the students for 10 years and we understand that things don't work the way we expect and we've been adjusting for so long now that this was challenging we've never been in a pandemic before but we had the muscle like i had the muscle to say you know what we're we're just we're just starting from scratch and and it's only a muscle that you would build after doing it over and over and over many times right arun is an expert of well because i failed so many times (laughs) (laughs) Makes it easier when things go a little, little right. We we have to pivot so many times, right? And and that's what um and I think that's that's how we made it happen this time. And and I think like that's something really amazing, you know, like because like for some people that maybe don't see like that kind of like maybe like, as you're saying like they don't have like that muscle or that thing inside their heads because of the practice and all the experiences like a lot of people would have backed down from that campaign right and like what is amazing is you guys doing updates and for example having your daughter in the in the little videos like just updating about the project and like yeah like i just think it's amazing all of that you know well, yeah, it's sort of by accident, and we just were like, oh, yeah, this is our reality. We we just wanted to reach out and just be authentic and genuine and show people this is what we're going through and reach out and just say thank you. Yeah, and we don't have child care. No, we don't have child care. So if you have one parent filming, the baby's sort yeah. of, where do we go now? Oh, mom's there. <laughs> so, and in, in for Gabrielle, I mean, we've decided pretty early in the process um, when, when she was born that... Um, she needs to be part of what we do. Yeah. Because there's no other option. Yeah, yeah. For she, her. She's been to several sets. She's been to a coloring session. I think she's been to a sound design session. She's been to auditions. Oh, <laughs> nice. auditions. She's plenty. been to documentary, both and narrative films. Yeah, BFS grad. Yeah, all um, sorts of things. All, yeah, she's part of the gang now. Yeah. And um, just for like, so, and, sorry, just for anybody like, just to clarify, like, if it hasn't been obvious to this point, like. Arun and Anna are also a couple, a happily married uh, couple that I think 
today like some of you like uh yeah just 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 for them to know like uh like i think today like uh i think arun you posted like it was your anniversary or something so congrats for that today's actually, yeah today is actually our four-year uh wedding anniversary i saw that and i feel honored that part of it's being spent here with us talking about the oh, <laughs> Uh, honor that we are sharing this time with you guys. Honestly, thank you. <laughs> Pick a better way to spend an anniversary to be on a film podcast talking with Anna about her film on a stage. Yeah, that, thank you. It's, yeah, that's our pleasure and honor. Uh, so coronavirus. <laughs> it's hard not to talk about it. <laughs> yes. yes. So. You win the bid and how it affected your fundraiser and I mean you guys had an event, right? You guys had to cancel that. How how did it go? A party, right? A party. Yeah, I mean, we spent a long time discussing and at the end of the day, I mean, as we always teach in film school as well, safety comes first no matter what. And when you're making movies it's always safe. And we just didn't feel comfortable or moral or ethically right to be getting people together just as the pirates were taking off. So we, we pulled the plug and we also talked about pulling the plug on the campaign altogether. We reached out to Seed and Spark, our funding platform, and they were excellent. And they strongly encouraged us, as Anna said, to adapt and keep going and just emphasized again the importance of supporting each other and supporting our artists and supporting the community around us. And it was actually a, a good a good reminder for us to keep going. Yeah, absolutely. It's tough times in our community. Like we ourselves, we like we had to postpone so many projects. Truth be told, this podcast we plan on launching it back in June, like uh, at, by the wow. end of June. But since all of our projects, like it's I had a long one, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, no, but don't worry, it's being published now because all of our shorts we have planned. I was writing something with Rodrigo in June that I don't know if it's going to happen anymore because we depend on VFS, we depend on crew, we don't know how long the lockdown is going to last. So our decision was let's put all of our projects on a back holder of Tringad. And let's pull the stuff we can do now so we can continue to be creative and can continue to connect with the community and talk to people in general because that's one thing I personally think it's really important on times like this when people like are locked up at home, they don't see other people, they don't talk to other people. I feel like talking to other people and sending a message is something really important these days, especially in our community of artists. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. So it's, it's kind of, this pandemic, I think it's hitting the hardest, of course, in the economy, but also in people's identity, right? It's kind of, we have several identities, but one of the identities that we do have is we're all artists. So we're all worried about, is it even going to be, are we going to keep making films? Is it going to be a market for that? Is, is, is life is going to change? Are we are we going to get together again in, in, in theaters or in, in couches in living rooms to watch films? I mean, there's some there are very big philosophical questions that um, I think every artist is asking um, um, themselves, and, and I think that for us, the way we're standing right now is yes, those questions are very important to ask, but it's also the idea of we need to keep creating because that's who we are. Yeah. And regardless of what the future brings, um, we still need to do that because it's part of who we are and how express how we express ourselves. So the pregnant woman needs to be finished because is the expression of a group of, of indie collective and indie artists that got together to make this. Yeah. And this is a testament of, of, of what this collection of people 
create it, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah, we owe it to them in a way. We owe it to them, we owe it to ourselves, yeah. but also we owe we need to, to keep expressing ourselves. Up. We just can't give up. I mean, I had to cancel a film shoot. I was directing a, a short film about the shoot in about three four weeks. We canceled that. And I know as soon as we're allowed back inside buildings gathering together, I'm going to schedule that as soon as I can, just because that, that's what we do. We can't just suddenly stop in the face of all of this. It's what keeps us going, um, right? Art would never get done otherwise. Well, if I, people I, stop doing it just because of their situation, then nothing would ever get created ever. But I think there's also expression. Mm -hmm. Like that's the outlet, right? So, so we can't just lock that outlet. No. And then at least it's not our reality. We're going to keep creating. No, I read that, I, I could be wrong on this, but I read that uh, Newton discovered gravity while staying at home yes. because of the plague. Newton has discovered gravity because he stayed home because of the plague. Yeah. It's an oh, interesting yeah, fun yeah. fact about him. Yep, that's uh, one of the interesting fun facts about his life. He later went on to create a banking system of his own. The man was, I think he was kind of a genius. I'm not sure though. Did he have a baby? And did he make any movie? Actually, never made a single movie, so I'll take my genius comment back. He doesn't deserve it. And also with a baby, we don't have the time to look up and down. No. Exactly. gravity every day. Yeah. I don't envy you guys. I just got a cat three days ago, and it's hard. The little guy wants to bite and eat everything on the house. Like <laughs> so, <laughs> probably on all four. Yeah. yeah. The, the the one thing that bothers me a bit though and gets me worried is that I, I'm on a lucky situation where I'm still young. I still have support from my parents, so paying bills and rent is not something I worry about. But the one things I see a lot, for especially my friends, like I have some friends that work in the union. And some friends that like depend on movie sets to make rent and to live their lives, yeah. and it, it's it gets to me a bit that people these days, like especially now, are so dependent on artists, right? Yeah. Binge watching Netflix shows, watching movies nonstop because they have nothing to do. But the same artists just lost their livelihoods and are scrambling to survive on times like this because they just all got unemployed. Well, I know that. They're Canada just officially released their rules and guidelines for people in the in sort of the, the gig economy where they're just working from show to show. Um, showing how to what are the guidelines and how um, how to apply for these uh, types of coverage for all those people that have lost income and employment because of all the shows. I was looking a couple of hours ago on a list of all the shows, all the movies and TV shows and reality and whatnot. Everything that's been canceled or postponed for now, it's there's yeah. hundreds of them, and that's thousands and thousands of jobs. And like again, I wasn't working on a set, on a union set at the time, but I have a friend on LA who's actually a game designer who has connections with the film industry because he he worked on a few movie tie-in games, and he was talking about like one of his friends who was a, a grip on the last movie to close up in LA, and he said it was crazy because like they weren't aware that it, there was a mandate to close all productions. And they were shooting, and at some point, uh, a lawyer walked on set with a piece of paper, and everyone just has to go home. And they had no idea that was happening. They just got sent home. And that, that's really crazy to me, at least. Like, on one day, you have, like, months worth of work ahead of you, and you know you're safe for that time. And then an hour later, it's all gone. It's all gone, yeah. I think this is the reality for many people around the world. Yeah. 
um, the, the, the idea here is that we're highlighting this because it is happening to everyone. Yes. But this is something that's been happening to many groups of people, many social groups for a long time. This is just, it's, it's kind of, it's, it's, on, it's in the big screen right now. But this has been the situation for thousands and thousands of millions of people around the world. Yeah. And oh, yeah. I think it's time, I would really hope that after this pandemic, if it ever, if it's ever over, that we um, realize how, how glitched the system is yeah. and how it's not working for the majority of the world and how we need to make changes, yeah. profound changes, yeah. um, to fix this. Because it is incredible to me that I always thought that the world would get into this state of things with a big earthquake or the ocean, you know, rising up and eating everything at the same time. Sounds quite more dramatic. Or, you know, a big bomb, right? But not a virus. Hey. Like, it's really, like, yeah. let's understand, like, a virus stopped the world. So that only proves how we, we were like so fragile, so unprepared, yeah. right? So I hope that, and I think I'm sure minds of people are going to change. Yeah. And I think this is going to invite profound reflection and change the system because it's not working. Hopefully. I really hope so because, but there's a statistic that says that a percentage of Americans don't have more than $400 worth of an emergency. If they have any emergency that's more than $400, they can't afford it. And I don't know about you guys, but this sounds like an emergency that's worth a lot more than $400. People leave check by check. And here in Vancouver, they don't have to go to America. Like in Vancouver, people, if they don't get paid, they don't have money for for food. Like people who work in, 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 in restaurants, their tip money is the money that they live off. The rest is just, just barely covers rent. I've never thought that I would get to see that the most desired product in the world is toilet paper. But I would have been in a situation where counting my toilet paper, like this morning, and seeing, and seeing like one, two, three, four, five, oops, there we go, you know, or paper towel. No. Like it took me five weeks to get paper towel. Can't spare a square. I mean, yeah. this is, this is incredible. But, <laughs> just, but just like getting back on track. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I, 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 I love the bot conversation, but I think like, Anna, you mentioned something really interesting that is kind of like the landscape that is going to present to us when this virus is over or it's more control. Uh, so I want to know, like, both of you, like, what do you think is going to happen, like, in the next couple of months? Not not in specific about, like, the scientific way of the virus, but most, like, in the production aspect, like, uh, I don't know, like, are we going to have a lack of content? Like, is this a moment for indies to rise up? Uh, maybe, I don't know, like, we'll ha we're going to have, like, 20 uh, coronavirus documentaries at the moment, something like that. Like, of 2020. Yeah, like so. I I read a I read a, a, a I was like doing a crowdfunding campaign, so I spent quite a bit of time on Twitter, and there was someone tweeting like, "I know that you have the urge right now to um, film a documentary about um, quarantine and coronavirus. Please stop." Please <laughs> There's never gonna be a lack of content. No, no. It's I just think, gonna be it's gonna I evolve, think that yeah. people um would never stop 
stop expressing themselves. I no. think that art is in the soul and minds and blood of people. So I don't think content is going to be a problem. The thing that's going to change, and it's changing already, it's happening now, is distribution models yeah. and the film festival um, circuit. Um, how that's going to happen. So what is going to be the model for once you make a film, what's going to happen with a film? And I think that online had a little bit of the upper hand before because people were doing incredible things online and in, in handling their own, you know, the delivery of the content and the marketing of the content online. But now I think that film festivals need to catch up because now the model of line is going to be the king. They, they will have to change their models because um, what this coronavirus is going to do is going to delay. Um, people are going to think about physical spaces. People are going to think about traveling. People are going to think about making these moves at least um, for the next couple of years, I'm thinking, well, this, because this has shocked our systems. So people are going to take time going back to normal, whatever normal is. And I think that that's going to change the, the models of how um, we distribute films and how we, we, uh, we, we, we screen our films or we premiere our films. And that's, uh, that I'm very curious about. The process has started already. But I think it's going to expedite. And I think we're seeing that real time. I mean, look, look at South by Southwest, one of the biggest film festivals in the world or in North America. And they put all of their shorts online mm -hmm. in a limited edition, um, almost film festival type of screening. Uh, where you can watch all of the short films for the next month um, through MailChimp. And I, that's unbelievable to see. I've never heard of a film festival doing that before. Um, but I think it's nice for the, all the filmmakers and artists who work on those movies. Now they actually get a much wider audience. Well, for how, sure. is, how are they going to compete, right? How are they going to compete with Vimeo? How are they going to compete with with um, with Netflix? How are they going to compete with people getting premieres? Like That's going to be a very interesting process to see. Is is South by Southwest and Tribeca and Toronto International Film Festival and are, and Khan, are they going to have the same presence and the same appeal now that they're in online territory, I think this coronavirus, to be honest, it's been the great equalizer yeah. for for everyone and every institution. I mean, if you're rich, mm -hmm. if you're a celebrity, you're still you're still isolated in your home. You still can't go out. You can still sing Imagine. You can still <laughs> sing Imagine. Yeah, sure. yeah um, so I was gonna mention that. <laughs> exactly. Um, speaking about that one, but I mean. We, <laughs> be isolated so it is and if you get sick you still won't have access to the ventilator because there's simply not enough so um same with the film festival who have been the gatekeepers for so freaking long mm -hmm. um now everyone is in a territory where and this is the exciting part um we have to figure it out and i'm really hoping that's going to be a very democratic online process where um now people would get to the side where they want to see things and how they want to see things, right? Yeah. Although it does make me sad because I'm just reading that uh, Matt Reeves has shut down production of the Batman yes. movie. And that makes me sad. Man. There are some. <laughs>
I had I, I, ju- I actually just read that before recording this, and I had this in my yeah, I'm quite excited for that. For I am not crying over it. But <laughs> I don't know if I'll cry over it. I but don't feel empty. I will share it with my brothers. I will try. <laughs> James Gunn vouched for that movie, and I would trust anything James Gunn says. That's my put my opinion on anything in life. Not a smart opinion, mind you, but my opinion. <laughs> good, good the clarification, you know. Yeah, I understand that a man has done a lot of mistakes in the past, but I just trust his taste in movies. But and with regards to film festivals, I mean, there were around five to eight thousand festivals in the world. I, I don't know if we need that many. <laughs> well, call the herd a little, and I think a lot of them are kind of scammed, anyways. Well, but I mean, how is the networking going to happen? Like, I mean, there is there is a lot more. Like, festivals have an appeal or had an appeal based on the connections you can make on the ground, right? That distributors will go and be there and pick their films. Now, distributors will have more avenues to hunt, right? Mm-hmm. And there's going to be more avenues for us as filmmakers to screen our work. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I mean, we're speculating at this point, yeah, right? Yeah, I mean... But I do know... Uh, because I'm seeing it right now that that coronavirus is giving the environment a break, and it's it's the great equalizer. I mean, we're all on the same boat right now, which so yeah. sort of because you know. But. I know for for me, with the, the thing that's really missing, or the thing that's really being killed in the film community with, with coronavirus is community. It's hard to make films without being to collaborate with your community. It's not as much fun to screen films without other people in your community. Um, filmmaking is by and large collaborating thing. It's built on collaboration. And even watching movies is so much more fun when you either watch it with people or you talk about it with other people. Um, and that's the part that, that I miss the most is, is just the, the sense of community. And that's what festivals provide quite a bit is that community. I mean, Vancouver's got a great uh, film community at VIF and DOXA and the Vancouver Short Film Festival and the Latin American and uh, the Queer Film. I mean, there's tons and tons of even Whistler. I mean, uh, and the best part of going to all of those is is all the people. Yeah, is, is, the, is the is the sense of community. And I think that that's part that I miss the most. I am with you on that one. Like, I I personally try to go to every single festival, even if like. I mean, most festivals I've gone to, I didn't have a movie showing there. I just went to either to meet the filmmakers on it and see their movies or support a friend. And that's the one thing I feel like if we lose, I'm going to miss a lot. Is that, like, you get to meet so many people that you wouldn't normally meet mm-hmm. if you didn't go to those festivals, right? Even if you just go to watch a movie and you, like, enjoy yourself, you can talk with the people that created it. And there's one thing I know about creators and myself is that creators love talking about what they created. Yeah. Those festivals are the place for it. And you can meet people that are going to become your friends, make connections that you're going to use later on. And I feel like that's something we shouldn't lose. But I don't know how our society is going to evolve from the no-contact social distancing world. Well, it's, it's pretty like, you know, like, it, it affected us right away, like, here at Chingot, you know, like, because, like, just for, for you guys to know, like... Uh, our our film uh, Modular Heritage that we made in 48 hours uh, was about to screen in the Vancouver Badass Film Festival and then like coronavirus hit and like yeah. right away like that got cancelled and also like we were yeah, about that. to go on a trip to Vegas I think uh, on April and that also got cancelled for a film festival so like it I think kind of like what you're saying of like the whole par- paradigm is shifting like I-, I can feel it right away 
And and it's kind of sad because that was like our first kind of like spotlight that we could have in this circus where we're actually showcasing yeah. our films. Yeah, for me, for me specifically, like we we spent so much time. Like Wonder Heritage was a forty-eight hour film fest, but we spent some time on it. We like we we had a thing is we had a script before the film fest that we scrapped because it's how it goes, right? You get to the forty-eight hour competition, and you have to re- redo your plan. So we redid our plan. The whole cast and crew killed it. They're all awesome people that got the job done. And I was excited to see like our movie. Like I directed it and I was excited to see it on the big screen and to meet people that might like it. And just, you know, have the experience of the festival on the other side that as many other festivals got canceled because of the, the COVID nineteen, which is understandable. Like I wouldn't want yeah. the festival yeah. was happening. Like the festival was gonna happen two days from now. And if it was happening, I wouldn't go to it. I'm just letting you know. It just unfortunate. I wouldn't be there, but it's really unfortunate that, that it happened. And it's an important part of our community. Like I think our filmmaking is a, a set room. It's collaborative, collaborative sport. And if we're not meeting each other and like giving a chance to each other and working together, we're not trying new things. We're not exploring. We're not becoming better at what we do. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I think. Um, the best thing that we do is it's what do we do the next minute like it's not before for me it was okay um, what am I doing next month right and nowadays we are forced to step back and just think about minute by minute how to make the next minute worthwhile because if we look any further than that anxiety will kick in right so because there's lots of things to worry about so what i am doing is thinking okay what do i need to focus on in the next minute and on the next minute and on the next minute because there is no way to anticipate how this is going to change us but what we can do i think and what we're doing as a family is taking a deep breath and in taking a break and part of being an artist is to reinvent ourselves we've gotten into the comfort zone where we get this identity of oh, i'm a filmmaker i do shorts or i do narrative or i'm a documentarian i'm an actress oh, right now it's it's time to to see if we have to reinvent ourselves if we are going to have to be a different type of artist and also just remind ourselves just to be human and we're dealing with humanity on a global scale i mean Thousands of people are dying every day right now. But, but that requires a lot of imagination. It's reimagining yeah. ourselves. And I think that as artists, that's what we do best. Reimagining our place in the world. And that, and that happens throughout life when people reach 60s or, or 80s or 20s or 30s. Like, I mean, each decade requires our imagination, right? The thing is that right now we're being forced by exterior circumstances, but I think the responsibility of the artist is that. So if things change, we don't know, but if they do change, we have to imagine ourselves and build that community from wherever we are, mm-hmm. even if things look differently. Mm-hmm. You, you guys mentioned something really interesting that I've, it got my attention and when I ask about it because it, it, I got thinking about it and but I never worked with distributors before most of my movies go straight to festivals and my man Rodrigo over here is my distributor when it comes to that regard but 
the thing I was wondering was, now that we're living in a world that we can't have movie releases in theater anymore, and we are having, as you said, festivals going online, some movies going straight to streaming services. Will we have like a, is there a chance that we will have a world with less distributor input where they're less important to the whole filmmaking process? Now that YouTube, Vimeo, and all these streaming platforms are a thing, you can try to directly work with. And we, as of now, are living in an age where we can't have movie releasing in cinemas. Online is online is always been the world. I think the best shot for an emerging filmmaker is online distribution. Definitely. Because if you go to a film festival, you're only going to have 400 people watching your film, and that's a lot. If it's a short film, your short film, if you get into a short film program, that's fine. But sometimes you're going to be introducing a feature film, right? And you're only going to be given one screening, maximum two screenings. So that's 400 people if you get a good film festival, and it's, and it's actually big. So if you're emerging and you want to be discovered, the best shot always is online release. Always. Like try to get to Vimeo Pick, Stuff Pick, try to get to Short of the Week, try to get to platforms where actually viewers are looking for you. And also get enough eyeballs to watch the film because Vimeo would, you would get Stuff Pick if you have a number of likes. You like the more the more you can do to bring audience to your film, the further you're going to get in your career and the faster. And, and uh, film festivals are not great for emerging talent with a short, right? So it's always been online territory for emerging. We like to go to film festivals. We like the uh, the official selection. We like the, the, how do you call it? The the laurels. And the red carpet. The, the red carpet. It looks good. The free food and drinks aren't bad. Either. Absolutely. That's best. Yeah, the um, MVP page info. Yeah, it looks good. You have a blast, but it's not a career game changer unless you hit a big film festival, right? For example, last year, I had one film in Tribeca, and at the same time, I had another film in Hot Dogs, right? Yeah. And the same two films, one in Tribeca and one in Hot Dogs, went together into Palm Springs mm -hmm. last year right nice both films yeah and both films did amazingly well they are all awarded they all had lots of awards they traveled the film festival circuit whatnot but they're facing the same distribution issue they haven't been picked up in film festivals by distributors yet because they're a short film you know what i mean we yeah. still have to do the online distribution like we've it's 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 my two films are awarded with the most prestigious awards there are and the most prestigious film festivals there are. But still, we require an online distribution. Still, we have to look for distribution. Still, we have to do the job. Which I think is great because it puts it all back in the hands of the filmmaker because now you have control of your film. And wherever Look, you want to... The film festival is not going to give the distribution if you're doing short films. Mm -hmm. And you are emerging and you don't hit Tribeca or Hot Dogs or Palm Springs, um, then then you, then online distribution would be your career changer because if Vimeo stuff pick, picks your film, then you made a great move in your career. Then people are going to knock your door. 
Right. Yeah. And even feature films as well. I mean, less than 1% of all feature films get distribution. Yeah. We can't be relying on distrib- on these distributors to come in and magically save us and pick us up. And, and by the way, distributors do not market films properly. So what I see people over yes. and over again is that they have their film to distributors and they're stuck because they can't do anything with their film for a year or two. And when you receive your film back from your distributor after a two-year window, your momentum with film festivals and Laura's had gone, had passed. So it's too late. So again, the model of the coronavirus is, is just expediting the process that was happening already. Mm-hmm. There were case studies from very successful filmmakers who, who got amazing audiences and who crowdfunded their films over and over again many times with independent models, not platforms, because they had done the work online. There's more and more filmmakers saying, you know what, fuck that, I'm not going to go to film festivals, I'm not going to pay my ticket, I'm not going to pay a hotel, I'm just going to do it online. It is happening already. And sometimes we speak about the pace, we get people to bring that expertise back, Right? So, yeah. I mean, it is, it is something that was happening already. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're not anti-film festivals. Don't, don't get us wrong. Oh. <laughs> there are a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, they are amazing. Yeah, they're, they're a lot of fun, but, but they're not the saviors. They're not the saviors. And emerging filmmakers, um, and I still consider myself an emerging filmmaker, by the way. Um, I'm more a seasoned producer, but I mean, as a filmmaker, I consider myself still emerging. I'm, Please, because I need to apply career. for more, we need to apply for more grants. <laughs> yeah, we grants. need some more grants. Um, so, um, for for emerging, and I tell this to my students: don't get depressed if you don't get into film festivals. So oh, that's God, the thing. No. Don't get depressed because even if you get in, it won't solve the issue. Yeah, no, no. All will get you further. Yeah. That that's my point. I I, I mean. I love having vodka and lounging. <laughs> the free and drinks. Of course, and the free food is amazing. And, and the people you get to meet. Yeah, the people are great. That's, yeah. that's the thing. You get to meet it's amazing people. Absolutely. It's still back to the community. But it's not going to further your career. <laughs> yeah. We've been fortunate enough to work on some really great projects that uh, with, with some, some great people in Vancouver. Honestly, the film community here in Vancouver makes us look good. And we've been fortunate enough just to collaborate with some spectacular people. And it's interesting because in class we said it over and over again. I mean, we are the people who work with us. Yeah. Right? That's who we are. So um, find your tribe. I work with the same cinematographer, DOP. We always try to work with different DOPs, and we ended up going back to the same because we just had so much fun. Yeah. Greg, Mr. Chaplin. Gregory Chaplack. He's amazing. Yeah. And we, we end up working with him over and over because we just have a blast. It's yeah. it's such a privilege to work, to get to make films, right? Yeah, and it's it really a privilege is. to get to make films with your friends, right? So it's all about making community. Yeah. It's yeah. very stressful, and having friends on sets makes it okay. 10 times easier. Yeah. Oh. You don't need to remind us. Oh, and something <laughs> like pregnant women that was so fast and requires so much skill and requires nerves of steel because we had to make our days, we had very little money. Um, making it in a stress-free set is everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's the difference between making a film or breaking a film. 
and and we have like Greg Chaplak, Theo Kim, yeah, Mike Laura Johnson, um, Adam Lollicker, Adam Lollicker, Nathan Nathan Barrett. Yeah, oh, I mean, if you look at the people, Mike's work, Michael Young, yeah. I mean, <laughs> if you see how that worked, it was incredible. I mean, just watching the work was yeah. entertaining. It was more entertaining than the film. Yeah. <laughs> we moved so fast and with such skill. Yeah. And they were mentoring people that we had yeah. to. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we got people from, from camp loops because we were coming from Vancouver, so we, didn't, we couldn't travel with a whole crew. So our key group and gaffer were mentoring people from camp loops that they've never seen or met before. Yeah. And it almost made me cry. We were uh, under so much you know, pressure on time, mm -hmm. and they still had the time mm -hmm. to explain to them yeah. how to was... build the light, yeah. <laughs> even what though we were running out of time. They're like, well, this is how you do it. You put this thing there and there, and then the clock was ticking. So that kind of generosity yeah. and responsibility, or you know what, I'm making a film, but I'm also mentoring people, young people, and they have to have a good experience. That That's just, that's priceless. Yeah. I think that was a key group. I feel like it's a shout-out to all of that, too. Yeah. I mean, we, we, had, we had just glorious, glorious team. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and, and I want to, like, just backtracking a little, like, talking about... Um, Kind of like the emerging artist, emerging filmmaker, and like thinking about your next move. Uh, I know maybe it's not the best time, but just like for just a second, like just ignoring kind of like what's happening right now with the coronavirus. So, um, so what will be like if if not if none of this was happening, what will be like the next step for Arun and for Anna? Like beyond a pregnant woman, uh, like what will, will be the projects that you will will, will be making or pre-producing or just like having your mind of like what's my next step after this i'm i'm directing a short film called detention the working title for now that's uh a collaboration with real to real they're a local youth organization um and we're uh, producing now with a local uh, artist and performer named omari newton and with greg again of course and, and i'm producing uh, Aaron is directing we're also uh, putting together um a tv show mm -hmm. pitch deck the runners yeah we've been working on the script for for quite a bit and we are writing it just got done the pilot we're yeah finishing the pilot and then i'm developing a um with arun of course like this is both projects someone would be directing and someone would be producing that's how we we take turns um called praise for dawn it's mm -hmm. a psychological thriller yeah and um, then we're also applying for two or three grants or documentary that we're working on. Yeah, so. um, I mean, it just kind of keep putting it all out there and pushing yeah, things forward. Yeah, we're working on a couple of documentaries, um, one about a German actor called Conrad Bites, mm -hmm. and then another yeah. one about um, women taking the radical path after um, mm -hmm. their disillusionment with um, patriarchal um, forces like shamans and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, yeah, what else are we working on? I, I, I mean, how long do you have? How much time do we have to talk about what we have on the pipeline? And then there's Gabrielle. Oh, yeah. Like your biggest oh, project. Yeah. The child project, the baby project. Yeah, I, mean, I, mean, we, I mean, we come from the indie world, so I mean, things can either be uh, cheap, fast, and good. And we generally go cheap and good. Things aren't fast that much. so. We're always working on something in a varied manner. 
Um, in a pregnant woman, we first applied for a grant, what, three years ago? Crazy eight, remember? Yeah, three years ago. Yeah. And uh, applied for a few more. And now here we are, three or four years later. Yeah. Um, the film's finally going to come out. So it's, what are you working on? We're always working on a whole bunch of things, just and, because the things yeah. take a while. And some things are priority. Yeah. If we find a fund, funding yeah. or we find support. I mean, it's... Yeah. But we are always working on things. Like we have more projects on the go than sometimes we would like to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we probably have too many on the go. Yeah, but I mean, we also have some great projects that are finally about to get released. Like the shipment's finally coming online soon. Let me know as soon as uh, yeah. I think Cadence is finally going to be released this summer. That's That's our plan. Um, we got a few things coming out. Garbage Man. Well, maybe a Luna kind of came yeah. out last year. Garbage Man will come this year. So we are, uh, yeah, so we have things coming out. Um, but yeah, our house is madness. Mm -hmm. <laughs> We're always. Yeah. Yeah. Glad to We're hear that. But I mean, this is all we do. <laughs> yeah. We don't do anything else. We really don't do anything else. Yeah. So we eat and then we talk about movies yeah. and the project that we're working on and the coronavirus. And we do VFS. <laughs> yeah, we have to do VFS as well. And, and which has been, honestly, they've been great throughout this whole process yeah. of shifting entire curriculum online, getting a chance to meet people like you. Uh, they, and they've also been supportive of our projects as well. Uh, uh, yeah, and we really want to thank you Rodrigo for your super generous contribution to the oh. campaign because no. I mean that that showed community right there in the middle of a pandemic so kudos to you yeah, <laughs> no no worries you'll, like you'll get your perks yeah. you'll get your perks <laughs> <laughs> no worries I, I I know you you will but uh like I think that's the important thing like right now like uh and before the pandemic I, when I when I donated that money like I I didn't expect like this thing to blow up as it did, right? But I think uh, I've been in that place and like, of course, you guys can say like even more that you have been in that place where you want to make a movie, but you don't have like, no, I'm not saying like you cannot make a movie without money, but if you can have money, like it's better, right? Uh, so like just being in that position is like, I, I just think like it's some someday or somehow like it's going to get back. Like it doesn't have to be from you guys, but like, this life just brings people around, you know, and I think it's just going to come back uh, and just seeing uh, two people that I really admire. And it's, and it's not because you're in the podcast or because you both were my professors in BFS, but like just seeing that determination. You, by the way. Sorry? We've <laughs> already graded you. <laughs> I know. You got marks already, man. No, no, no. No, and I was scolded by Arun a couple of times because of my messed up. So I know. Uh, <laughs> No, but like talking straight, like I, I think like you guys like always push the boundaries and just like seeing projects like so going from, for example, something like the shipment so ambitious and so um, so big that like both of you told me like you took like a long time and there was times that you were like, um, not, not I'm going to quit, but like it, it just seemed like impossible to finish. Right. And then like moving into projects like this, like a pregnant woman that seems like a fun ride, but still like an intimate project. Like that's kind of like the mission that we're trying to do as well with this production company of Chingot Media, like trying to um, take stories from different kind of genres, like different kind of stories, different kind of characters and just like make it work, you know? And, and I think like a lot of that uh, inspired me because of you. So like probably Chingot Media, is, it was born from an idea or like an inspiration because of you guys. So I'm, I'm thankful for that. 
be happy to help. Yeah, and and, and we'll we'll knock uh, your doors for a job very soon. Now that you mentioned Arun, like the how BFS has treated this uh, situation, like, I just want to go a little bit in depth into that since like me and Arthur as the students of the project, like not the project but like the whole study year, like it's yes. a very hands-on project. Like uh, you pretty much are like on school, not twenty-four-seven, but let's say twenty. Two seven or something like that. Twenty to twenty, twenty to So, like, I guess, like, some of the producing can be done uh, home office, just getting the paperwork and reaching out to some people. But like the actual project, like the mini shoots, the finals, like, how is that being handled, or how uh, some people that are going through the program right now can get sort of like not the same experience, but can get like the experience that we got as a student from BFS. I mean, the, the, this is coming back to one of the earlier themes from our com conversation, which is adaptability. Yeah. And VFS has actually done an amazing job of adapting the entire curriculum as fast as they can to be online learning. Obviously, some shoots aren't happening right now, but I know the entire staff from the top down is 100% committed to making sure that all of the production have a chance to go through eventually. And like the rest of the world and the rest of society, we're taking it day by day and week by week, adapting as fast as we can. We just had an earlier instructor training session this afternoon talking about online learning and incorporating Zoom videos and what works, what's better about it, what's worse than it, uh, but also with the goal of eventually we will get through this. I mean, VFS will get through this, the film industry will get through this, the world will, will get through this. It's going to get rough, of course, um, but I, I do think eventually we will get back. Um, and for now, we're just we're doing the best that we can, and that's all we can do. We're, we're teaching as many classes as we can online, uh, adapting all of our lessons, and just pushing productions for now. Like the entire film industry is pushing all productions for now. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. We're a microcosm of the entire industry, and just adapting to it. Uh, and we're still. Uh, finding a strong sense of community with the students when we have our classes. They're eager to keep learning um, and prepping. If anything, it's been nice. I've been encouraging them to continue to refine all of their scripts, work on all of their concepts. You can still work on things like color palettes and costumes and shot lists. And you can do, still do casting online. There's yeah. a lot of things that can still happen. Oh, so by I... the time you're ready to shoot, your film is going to be that much better. And I mean, you have more they... pre-production. Pre don't they say that I think, don't they say that, I don't remember, I think it's this Japanese director, I, my, the name is like slipping from my mind, but a film is never finished, it's abandoned. Yeah, 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 exactly. Even with pregnant women, even though I'm very happy with what we've accomplished, I look at it, I look at my footage and I think, holy shit, I could have done things much better. I feel that All so much. Mm -hmm. yeah, I feel that so, I mean, so much. In in art in, in, in the in artistry time is everything. And I think that this is a time when the earth is saying, Time's up, go to your room and think about what you've done. And rest, yeah. Right? Like, yeah, time out. Introspective. Um, it's a yeah, yeah, it's a timeout rule, you know. You can get their parents exactly. it's a five minute timeout, stay home. Go 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 think about what you've done and then yeah. come back, back and apologize, right? So what are we gonna do in this timeout, right? Are we going to 
and that's what I was talking before. Like, we really need to reimagine ourselves, reimagine our art. So if the students have an incredible time right now because they're forced to pause, to reshape their projects and 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 take this at this time as an advantage and not a, not as a threat. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, the only thing we have is the present minute. Yeah. What are we doing with this minute? What are we both doing right now with our minutes? We could be in our rooms stressing out of our minds, but we're in a podcast talking film. <laughs> that keeps us excited. That. It's not that at all. <laughs> and you don't see it, but our room is drinking a whiskey and I'm on my second glass of wine. Oh, so, God. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, we're having a great time. Yeah. Right? It's rough. I'm not going to minimize how hard this is, yeah. but we get to choose mm. how we live the hard moments. And we are choosing in this house to just take the minute as it comes. The, does that mean that I don't have hard days? I do. Do I don't think I have hard times? I do, but I bounce back because then everyone is having a good time. And he's like, Anna, you know what? Let's do something. If he's having a hard time, I said, let's do, let's do something. Like We need to seize the minute. Mm-hmm. Right, so that's what I would love to. Yeah. And Gab- Gabrielle always reminds us of that as well. Yeah, and that's what I tell the students right now. Like, what are we talking about here? We're right now. We're here. Let's talk about art right now. The next minute, we'll we'll see what we do with it. It hasn't arrived yet, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's this concept that philosophy took from. It's a, it's a statistical concept that philosophy took for itself. It's called regression to the mean which means that we in life have a straight path, which is like how we feel most of the time. But at some point, we're going to feel worse, and at some point, we're going to feel better about it. And we're going to get to the edges of that relatively. Like sometimes we're going to feel really good, sometimes we're going to feel really bad. But at the end of the day, we always go back to the medium, to what's average. And I feel like that's a lesson a lot of people need to take, that yeah, times are bad right now, but they are going to bounce back. And things are going to go bad and be normal, and at some point, they're going to be really great, at some point, they're going to be bad again and normal again. That's just the way life works, you know? So for us to have an average, we need high points and low points. And a lot of different definitions of normal as well, because I think once yeah. we're all back, our normal is going to feel a little bit different, a little bit altered, but I think hopefully for the better. And, and like taking back what you said, Arthur, about like uh, looking back into the average and just like looking back into yourself, um, like... I know both of you, Arun and Anna, like you are people that always look forward and always push through it. But just for a moment, like what what will happen if like, let's say tomorrow you met like the Arun or like the Anna that was in film school or uh, the, 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 the starting uh, point for you guys in filmmaking? Like, do you think uh, you will say something from like an Arun from 10 years ago yeah. or like... Uh, I would pay off your student loan sooner. <laughs> that's good. Yeah, that's right. That's actually, yep. And I would add something. Pay your student loan sooner before you meet Anna. Yes. <laughs> you know what? That's a fair point. Yeah. I would, tell, I would tell Anna, don't stress. It's just a film, for Christ's sake. It's just a film. That's what I would tell myself, um, my my younger self. And do you I think? Sorry, and, and do you think like if your younger self has seen like everything that you have accomplished until this point, would it be happy 
like just seeing like how much or would it be a maze of how much you have achieved in this 10 years time i think my younger self would beat me up for not telling her <laughs> that things are easier and simpler <laughs> he would come back and beat me up in an, in an alleyway and leave me half dead just for the, the Bruce um, Wayne origin story I see uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, I, I think my younger self of could have a, a path into the future. My younger self would say, "You are where you need to be." Nice, nice. I, I think that 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 yes, I am where I need to be right now, and I'm absolutely content where I'm at right now. Things could, some things could be better, some things I could tweak certain things, but. But that's life, right? You love, and at the end of the day, younger self didn't understand that that success was doing what we love, what I love, and have the privilege to do it every day. That is success, and it takes time to understand that. It took me many years to get to that realization. Well, <laughs> that, that was yeah. deep. <laughs> that, was, that was, yeah, don't let me get it wrong. It's, that was beautiful. I have a question, something you guys mentioned some time ago. Uh, you've mentioned that you think that for emerging filmmakers, you need to choose between going to festivals, which are, again, more fun, you meet more people, you network, but also online distribution, which is what, quote unquote, gets you seen, gets you noticed, gets you into the industry. If we're talking about modern filmmaking and recommendations for emerging filmmakers today, is it best for them to, let's say they're self-funding their own movies, they have a form of funding their own short films, eventually a feature film, and they're building their career through that, right? Is it the best goal to go to festivals, get the laurels, or to go through the online distribution route to get seen and noticed? Oh What's the God. most realistic route for someone that wants to make it as a union producer, a union DOP, a union director. Um, I just gonna, I'm just going to clarify something because um, I think everyone wants to say something. I, I don't think you need to choose between. Mm, yeah. What I try to say is that there are limited resources when you're in the urban environment. So going to a middle weight film festival, it's going to cost you money. You have to pay for the ticket, you have to pay for the accommodation, you have to pay for certain things. So as an emerging filmmaker, we need to think about how to allocate best our resources. So should we spend money going to a film festival that's middleweight and the Laurel would not make much for my career or spend the time to do a proper and spend the money to do a proper online strategy? That mm -hmm. is a choice. Of course, if you have resources that allow you to travel to a film festival and allow you to do an online marketing and spend time and spend money on online marketing, of course you should do both. But this is a matter of numbers, right? A film festival would bring you 200 people max in average if it's a big theater. On a proper online distribution would give you half would has the potential to bring thousands of people, right? And for you to get noticed. So that is the kind of thinking that I recommend um, emerging uh, filmmakers to have. And I think I really wanted to say something. Uh, no, you said it perfectly. And if you do happen to get into 
like one of the bigger film festivals. I mean, the only reason we could afford to go to Tribeca last year is because we actually applied for a travel grant through Telefilm, which helped cover some of our costs as well. So um, I think you should still go for those laurels if you want, but that, at the end of the day, what are you in it for? Are you in it for the laurel or are you in it for people to watch a movie? I, I care much more about eyeballs and I care about laurels. Well, what's going to change your career, right? What's going to afford your career? What's going to afford your career is to build an audience, mm-hmm. and that happens online. Right, that that's I think that's our, our the main point that we want to bring, right? Yeah, that's, that's beautiful. Yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> I think uh, that's something a lot of people like, especially when they're starting up, they don't know. Like they can make they they have the way to make these movies because these days you can stream with an iPhone, but they just don't know what to do with them after it's done. Right, distribution's a it's their own thing. I mean, yeah. We could we could have a sequel podcast and just talk about distribution. Oh, don't worry. <laughs> yeah, I, I think plans. like we should like. Uh, yeah, it's on the plans. Don't worry about that part. Uh, and, and I think like just uh, to wrap up a little bit, just because uh, yes. we're getting to the timeline that Arthur Our has like. Mark. Yeah. Um, so I want to like I know you guys are talking about like right now that you're in isolation in quarantine in self quarantine. Uh, you could be working in your projects and like uh, working on the scripts, going in the prep. Uh, but just going a little bit chill in this question, like, uh, what would you recommend like somebody to watch or like what movie to watch right now, uh, in whatever platform that is in the streaming or whatever, like what's, what's something good that you could recommend right now for somebody to watch meanwhile in the self self quarantine of COVID-19? Wow. (laughs) I've been in a left field, I know, but that's the whole point. That is such a hard question. I, I'm dying to watch Tiger King. That looks fantastic. Yes. Um, yes. The Watch the Watchmen series is phenomenal. I am. Uh, next up, we started to watch Fleabag. That's been great. Um, I'd like to see Devs, the new series, um, by the director of Ex Machina. You know what? Just watch Fleabag. <laughs> What's your favorite part about Fleabag? Sorry, I missed the question. Sorry, uh, what's your favorite part about Fleabag? Like, what's your, the thing that keeps bringing you back to it? It is a horrible person. <laughs> and I love it. Just horrible. And and so petty that reminds me of my own pettiness that I want so badly to hide. Uh. I think that's why the characters might be so uncomfortable to people. I love characters that that so shamelessly bring out the worst. Um, sort of like Breaking Bad. Yeah, yeah. It's I love characters, and I think Pregnant Woman is kind of like that in a (laughs) lots of ways. Um, She's kind of a hard. Yeah, I mean, it's it's yeah. Those characters that 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 are horrible because represents what we hate about about ourselves, right? It's I find it liberating. I watch Fleabag and I feel myself <laughs> liberated, like I'm out of the closet. I love it. Yeah. Um, and awesome. it's also, um, I mean, there's so many films that I, um, I was teaching my students sci-fi the other day. Mm-hmm. 
And I had so many films that I could recommend, but I said to, I kept saying to myself, "Don't watch it now. Don't watch it now. <laughs> Drop it. Not now." Stuff like Contagion. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah, this is not the time to watch any. Uh, for example, uh, we were talking about also today about cyberpunk, and they were asking me if Mr. Robot was any good. Uh, oh, and yeah. I'm like, it's amazing. Don't watch it now. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so, um, stick to Fleabag, people. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say for now while we're quarantined. Yeah. So, so for myself, when I made that mistake, I, I decided to watch Children of Men for the first time in my life. Oh, yeah. Uh, like last week, an incredible movie, like great. Like I mean, I loved everything about that movie. Like I loved the way Quaron directed it. I loved the the amount of wonders he had and his use of shaky cam. It's a weird movie to watch in a time like this. Mm-hmm. It's a weird movie to watch when the world's burning down around you and there's a a disease going around and you see how oh this is how a society collapsed their, their virus is different from ours of course and it's a whole different context but it gives you like what would happen if something so bad happened that society collapsed and that's children of men so as much as it's an amazing movie i would not recommend to watch it right now but that's like my movie at least that i watched the past week that i loved it i will say whether one year old said today that for me it was very biblical. <laughs> she looked at me, her banana fell on the floor, she looked at me and said, shit. <laughs> and said, this is it. This is this this is very biblical. And I said, you know, word. Word. That's all I said. Right? Mm-hmm. So that's my message, I think. Yeah. Sometimes the banana falls. Then sometimes the banana falls, and you just said shit, yeah, yeah. and then you keep going. Nice. I think. I think. Did you watch anything interesting, or you played something interesting you want to share with us? Um, like maybe it's not like from everybody's states, but like I just re- recently watched in Netflix the anime series uh, Beastars. So pretty much it's about like uh, humanoid uh, animals that they have like a drama school uh, crime solving. Uh, kind of thing i i don't want to spoil anything because like i i think it's a really good series and i think you should watch it to understand but it touched it touched like a lot of social issues like racism uh like the struggles of like the poor against the rich um like the introverts against the extroverts i don't know like i think it's an amazing series like i'm not saying it's for everybody especially because of the format but uh yeah i recommend Beastars. so i'll think okay right now uh Thank you, everyone, uh, for listening Thank to you. us. Thank you. Thank you, Arun and Anna, for joining us. Thank you it's so much. It's great to have you guys. It's our first guest, guest to come here talk with us. It's a pleasure to talk yeah. with you guys. You. And hopefully the first of many. Please. Uh, don't embarrass us with the edit. <laughs> that's, that's with the, the Stafford man. The, the Stafford? beautiful voice. That's with him. But thank you. Do you have audio Photoshop? make our voice a bit higher so we sound all a bit more attractive (laughs) thank you everyone for listening to us today and joining us and best of luck to the audience out there as well oh also before we leave uh just like we'll be putting in a link in our facebook post when we release the podcast uh specifically for this episode for the seed and spark that they're doing right now uh for a pregnant woman they're trying to get some funds for the post-production um 
and yeah so pretty much like go over there like they have awesome perks uh you can get like some funny shit like meanwhile you're in self-quarantine and you're helping like some amazing people so just head over to Sydney Spark, donate to a pregnant woman and just like see how magic works in the in the film industry and yeah, and thank you for listening to us, everyone. Uh, keep yeah, creating, yeah. keep safe. Thank you again, Arun and Anna, for being here with us. Do you have any last messages for whoever is listening to us? Be safe. Keep yeah. your social distancing. Wash your hands. Wash your hands, <laughs> and, and, and and good luck with toilet paper. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's all. <laughs> awesome. Thank you, guys. We'll see you in a week or twelve. <laughs>